All right, good afternoon, apes. Hello to everybody joining us here on the live stream. And of course, shout out to everybody listening later on on the podcast, on the YouTube channel. Guys, please remember to leave a like and subscribe if you are watching later on as well. Like I always say, it helps keep my job. And shout out to you that are joining us on the live stream just now as well. As you guys know, it is officially 1.20 p.m. on this beautiful Thursday afternoon here on the east coast of the United States. This beautiful Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Once again, thank you all for joining us here. So you guys might notice I'm a little bit pink in the face here today. It's just because I'm so fired up about NVIDIA's earnings. We'll be talking about that in just a few minutes. But more realistically, it's because I'm actually not at the Daily Field Global headquarters today. I'm at the uh, parent company of the Daily Field Global headquarters, which really just means my parents' house. But anyway, we are going live still despite the pink color, despite the horrific sound quality. So I do apologize for all of that. But, you know, we got a lot to talk about. So we figured we had to hop on and talk to you guys today. Now, we know that markets are certainly doing a little bit better here today, and shout out to NVIDIA for basically carrying the entire team up to that point here so far. Obviously going to love to see it, and we'll be talking about that in just a quick minute. We'll, of course, give you the full rundown on NVIDIA's earnings, what our thoughts are going forward, in addition to giving you our you know wild speculations on just about everything else, as we always like to do. All right, but let's go ahead and start things off as usual with our market snapshot of the day here. So, if we go ahead and take a look, this is a monumental day for us in 2024 here at the Daily Field Global Headquarters and at the WXO Alpha Global Headquarters as well, because we are officially destroying the S&P 500 in year-to-date return so far, absolutely demolishing the index. We're up 5.06%. The index is up a measly, tiny, pathetic little 5.04%. Really embarrassing that they're uh, underperforming us like that, but you know, given the competition, given the wisdom of the apes over at WSO Alpha, can't really blame the index for that too much. We are still underperforming the NASDAQ by a little bit. Don't expect that to last too long, however, because we got something cooking up for you guys over the next couple of days here, too, that you'll definitely want to stay tuned for. But for now, let's go ahead and take a look at some of these banana bits. Obviously, everybody in the entire world was talking about NVIDIA's shares yesterday. You know, after hours, price rise was about 9%, opened up even higher this morning as well. Stocks up about 10 or 11% the last time I looked a couple of minutes ago, but it's NVIDIA, so it might be up 50% already by now. So definitely go ahead and check that out. Then, of course, we got a report from the Wall Street Journal yesterday that was basically saying food as a percentage of your overall costs per month have been spiking. They're at the highest they have been since the damn Bush administration, and I'm talking about the first Bush as well. So that's George Bush Sr., but over the past 30 years, food has never made up this much of our budgets as it does right now. That's probably because all you motherfuckers are out here buying Chipotle and getting avocado on your toast and shit like that. But either way, that is the situation that we're dealing with. Moving on down below, it's a government shutdown or bust for Mr. House Speaker Mike Johnson. Once again, we're seeing basically the exact same thing happen that just happened to uh, whatever his name was, Kevin something. I already forgot because he was absolutely that irrelevant. And it's probably going to be the same thing for House Speaker Johnson going forward. They're trying to avoid a government shutdown in order to do so. Probably going to have to work with the Democrats, which means the rest of the Republican Party is going to kick his ass right out of the building. Right. And then finally, we did get a report from Bank of America that was saying that billings for architectural companies have been moving lower. They're still well below uh, kind of pre-pandemic and mostly pre-GFC historical norms. Terrible sign for commercial real estate, as this really just means people aren't designing buildings. All right. And then we are going to get into the big story of the day here for just a quick second. But of course, we wanted to give you guys our daily dose of financial cringe. So I think our crackpot team of producers can get that pulled up here now. 
But what I do have is some solid financial advice. Now, please remember, as always, there is no legal obligation for you to follow any of this financial advice, because as you can see, I'm not wearing a black turtleneck. So I've written it all down, and uh, I'll just read it out for you. We'll start from the beginning. So number one, stop buying fancy coffee. You don't need it anymore. Number two, uh, cancel Netflix, Amazon Prime, Spotify. Get rid of all of that. You don't need it. Uh, avocados, get rid. Why are you an avocado anyway? It's grim. Um, don't have cheese sandwiches. Uh, get rid of that as well. Uh, you know those kids you had when you were financially secure, but now you're not? Why did you have them in the first place? Don't have kids you can't afford. Dickhead! Have you considered perhaps buying supermarkets own brand uh, as a way of saving money? Or perhaps if you want to save money on your heating, uh, perhaps just getting a jumper, something like that maybe? And one final point, have you considered getting a real job? Um, maybe a sense of perspective as well whilst you're at it. But... All right. I mean, that was some phenomenal financial advice, if I don't say so myself right there. He was basically giving some advice to all of the poor bastard landlords that are suffering from this commercial real estate and regular real estate crisis, especially over there in the UK. I don't know what the hell you guys are doing over across the pond, but it's somehow even worse than it is here in the United States, which seems impossible to me. But I think it's some great financial advice just to add on to that. Basically, what you're going to want to do is remove any and all enjoyment from your life whatsoever. We're eating only rice. Dave Ramsey says rice and beans. Beans are way too expensive. We're only eating rice that we grow ourselves in our backyard. This is the only way that we're going to be able to save up and retire. So you guys might want to get started on that right now. Just simply remove all enjoyment and any fun that is going on. And then you might one day get to retire. Right. Then this is a wild advertisement, but I guess go to Coachella. Thanks to a tap link there. Let's go ahead and move on down into the main story of the day. It's time for us to wait a minute here. It's that ritualistic monthly or I guess every six to eight weeks or so uh, report of the Fed meeting minutes. We all know the FOMC, the kind of governing body of the Federal Reserve Board, meets every once in a while to discuss their thoughts, feelings, and deepest desires about the U.S. economy, what they want to do with interest rates, and how they're basically going to ruin our economic and financial lives going forward. And we did just get the latest report on what kind of shenanigans they're up to at this point. So we just got the Fed meeting minutes drop, and basically what did we learn? Pretty much nothing. So the Fed, they do a really good job of speaking in this unique language. It's called Fed speak. Basically, it's just like George Orwell's idea of double speak, but it's even worse because it has to do with central banking. And that's pretty much what we got a whole lot of Fed speak in this report. As a reminder, this is where the federal funds rate is currently at right now. What we're seeing in this chart is the fastest tightening cycle in monetary policy history, especially here in the United States. We've gone up steeper, but never this steep this quickly before. So that's really what makes it the absolute quickest. The above chart depicts basically what's going on right now. What everybody is thinking about is everything is rates. And so we came into this year, you know, just a couple of months ago, thinking that the March meeting, maybe the May meeting would be when Federal Reserve started to actually cut interest rates. Now, if you think that you're an absolute moron, nobody thinks that anymore. We've been pushing this way out. It's not even May that people are expecting cuts at anymore. It's all the way up to that June meeting. So definitely not looking very optimistic uh, for that kind of loosening of policy going forward. But on the other side, there is a whole nother part of the Federal Reserve and how they control our economic lives that nobody ever really talks about. And that is, of course, going to be the Fed balance sheet. So this is, of course, the assets that the Federal Reserve buys from the Treasury. This is kind of the idea of money printing that everybody freaks out about with all those J-Pow printer memes. That was the best part of my year in 2021. This is basically the opposite of that process. So this is letting a lot of those securities that the Federal Reserve purchased mature and run off the balance sheet without any more being purchased to kind of compensate for that runoff. So inherently, that is a direct uh, that is a direct tightening of financial conditions. They're doing it at a very slow pace, especially compared to history. You know, if we look a little bit deeper into this chart, we can see that this is a huge spike up already from 2010. So 
Normally, we're not even close to the you know trillion or two trillion dollar level, especially not the eight or nine trillion dollar level that we've hit over the past couple of years. So this really is the key thing. And we were expecting maybe in the Fed minutes, you know, they'll probably give us some guidance of what they want to do with the balance sheet. And once again, it was a whole lot of nonsense, a whole lot of bullshit, or to use the formal terminology, a whole lot of Fed speak once again. So we didn't really learn anything new. What we did learn is that the Fed still has absolutely no idea what's going on or what they're going to do. Basically, participants pretty much agreed that, yes, inflation is going down. Anybody with a brain that can open up a computer could tell you that as well. Anybody that's been to the grocery store probably wouldn't tell you that, however, because it's not that inflation or prices are falling. It's simply that inflation is growing at a slower rate. And the real key thing here is when we can know that inflation is growing at a slow enough rate where we can actually start to loosen policy going forward. So this chart really is the key. This thing lives in J-Pow's head rent-free. And so this is really what's going to be driving the kind of thought process of the FOMC going forward. We do have inflation coming back down, but as we've seen in history, it can easily just go ahead and ramp right back up. So the big terminology in this Fed Minutes report was this idea of quote-unquote greater confidence. That's what they want is greater confidence that inflation is reduced back down to the 2% level or at least around the 2% level that the FOMC and the Fed is always looking for. Now, greater confidence, that is an epitome of Fed speak right there because it can be interpreted in so many thousands of different ways. It's the most ambiguous possible statement that you could make. So obviously that's what the FOMC is going with going forward. Now, when that greater confidence hits, we don't really know. We can't really tell. It's really whatever the Fed is going to be thinking of. But even when the Fed isn't saying anything, they're saying something. So when they're not saying anything, that means nothing's changing. Clearly, we're still moving in the right direction. Some might say we're still well on the path for a soft landing. Now, all eyes are on the May meeting. We're going to have the March one come up. Maybe some morons out there are still going to think that the rates are going to be cut, but I will, I'll happily make a bet with anybody watching this live stream right now that rates absolutely will not get cut in March. If anybody wants that action, you can find me in the DMs. All right, moving on down into some of our stock movements of the day. We have Garmin, a company that even if you don't know, I'm sure your dad knows and loves. So this is one of those companies, they provide wearables and other bunch of bullshitty outdoor activity stuff that you do when you have a midlife crisis or when you just need to get away from your friends and family for a little while, as all of our dads love to do. Now, this company did report a very solid quarter. They destroyed earnings estimates at buck seventy two a share versus the buck forty that was expected. Also generated four hundred million in quarterly free cash flow, which you know I'd say isn't too bad. I wouldn't mind somebody spotting me that much free cash. But of Garmin's five business segments, three reported record sales. Wasn't much more investors could really ask for. They're just basically hoping that this momentum can continue and that dads still want to get away from their families. All right, now moving on down below into CRISPR Therapeutics, one of the wild companies of this century and probably of our entire generation. These guys really brought the gene editing stuff to the forefront. Uh, They kind of gave Kathy Wood a job in that respect because, you know, ARC basically built itself on the kind of biotech and then into the crypto stuff and then most of all Tesla. But if we go ahead and take a look at how the company is actually doing, it was a big quarter over the last three months of 2023 for them because they finally got approval to release Casgevy or Cascavy. I have no fucking idea how these things are pronounced, but one of those bullshit pharmaceutical names. They're developing this in partnership with one of those bullshit pharmaceutical companies in Vertex Pharmaceuticals. And it looks like that's going to be starting to be released as early as this year. We'll see if it actually comes into fruition. They're not seeing any revenue from it just yet. But because of all of that optimism that they actually managed to get something approved, not just in the United States either, in over five global markets. So moving in the right direction. Now, moving in the exact wrong direction is, of course, Palo Alto Networks. 
Stock price absolutely crumbled yesterday down nearly 30%, like the residents of Palo Alto wish the crime rate would be. And that is what they're dealing with. That's what shareholders in the cybersecurity company are looking at. You know, we thought cyber going into this year would be uh, an especially good place to be in because that's probably the last area that companies are going to be cutting an IT budget from. So it does have that a little bit of stickiness. It's very important, especially in this day and age of AI where security is going to become even more and more important. But Palo Alto Network did come out and the big thing of this report was a revenue warning. It was pretty terrible. Now, their last quarter wasn't terrible. Sales did grow 19%. EPS jumped nearly 40%. But they gave it a sales warning because it's, shattered, it's strategy shift time at Palo Alto Networks. CEO Nikesh Arora basically said that the company is going to start giving out a bunch of free shit to pursue a land grab strategy, similar to what companies like Amazon did at the very beginning. They gave out, uh, you know, basically the goal wasn't necessarily to make money, but just to get yourself in front of as many customers as possible. That's exactly what Palo Alto Networks is doing now. Investors aren't so hyped about it because they can't think more than, you know, a couple of seconds past whatever their candlesticks are at right now. All right, let's go ahead and move into our final stock of the day. And that, of course, is going to be Teladoc, one of those pandemic darlings. But for once, shareholders actually need a doctor more than patients do for this company. This thing is down about 95% from its all-time peak way back in the pandemic. No company misses COVID-19 quite as much as Teladoc does, except maybe Moderna and uh, Pfizer when they could pretend that they were actually nice guys making vaccines for us instead of evil companies trying to rule the world and inject microchips into our bloodstream, which obviously they all did. But... This company did report a revenue miss, weak guidance. Earnings still managed to do all right, but they're looking like absolute trash going forward. Speaking of Kathy Wood, I know this was one of their biggest holdings, so wonder how that portfolio is doing right now. All right, guys, time to get into the big story of the day. And if you guys are wondering what's behind me in this image, you know, haven't really explained it yet, but this is actually a photo of me on my way to the NVIDIA shareholder meeting yesterday. I do hold three and a half entire shares, so... Clearly, I had to be there uh, very quickly. They were asking my opinion on quite a lot of things, you know. So this is me on the way to that meeting. Don't tell me that it's James Bond because it's obviously not. But let's go ahead and talk about the numbers. You know, the ancient Greek philosophers, Plato, Aristotle, all of them, they had this idea of the, uh, what was it, the cosmic virtues or the cosmic realities. And that was goodness, truth, and beauty. I think they were right in that sense, but they missed something, and that was the fourth cosmic virtue, which is obviously owning NVIDIA shares. So goodness, truth, beauty, and NVIDIA. That's what we're dealing with here in 2024, and based on these numbers, nobody should be surprised. You know, anything good, it's not possible to exaggerate how good this earnings report was. It absolutely blew the street away. NVIDIA, at the end of the third quarter last year, they set this incredibly high watermark for themselves of $20 billion in quarterly revenue. People thought they were absolutely crazy for coming out with guidance like that. Obviously, they still bid the stock up higher than the fucking clouds in order to do so. But it looks like NVIDIA was actually able to deliver on those expectations. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the numbers. Record quarterly revenue, $22.1 billion. Record data center revenue. Data centers alone almost hit that revenue expectation that they set for themselves. And that was incredibly lofty at the time. Record annual revenue of nearly $61 billion rising 126% year over year. And this was the biggest one for me was uh, not quarterly gap EPS, which was up uh, fucking 765% year over year, but full year gap earnings per share up 586%. That is absolutely ridiculous. And that is the big piece of evidence that NVIDIA, its stock price rise isn't actually a bubble. So 
Over the past year, their EPS has been able to rise 586%. Meanwhile, the stock has only risen about 250 to 300% or so. So the stock price isn't even as much as earnings per share are at this point, and it's by a long shot, which would suggest that this company has a long way to run. That gets us into you know what we should be thinking today, the day after the earnings report, which is what's next? What can we expect going forward? Most importantly, the two questions are what is priced in and how far can this thing run? Clearly, it beat this massive wasn't priced into the stock at all because it's having such an upward reaction here today. And clearly, this thing can run pretty far because even if the valuations, even if earnings don't increase, if the company moves to that price to earnings multiple that it was trading on before, it still has plenty of room to run because the stock is only getting cheaper as it runs up this high while earnings run up even faster than the stock price itself does. Offering free cash flow grow a ridiculous amount as well. The company's cash pile is has a more than or almost doubled in just the past year or so. So it's not like they're, you know, investing heavily to get this growth or anything and they're running themselves dry of cash. They're doubling their cash pile in the company itself. So not only does that allow them to do huge CapEx projects and carry themselves forward, take on a shit ton of debt and do really whatever the fuck it is that they want to, but like we talked about relatively recently, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, these companies have been some of the biggest players in the tech venture capital space over the past couple of years as well mostly because the pandemic ate VCs for breakfast. And so these companies, their cash-generating machines have become the new venture capitalists in the space. So something like NVIDIA with the $25 billion on its balance sheet now, they can really run and own this entire space if they wanted to. Now, that pretty much sums it up. We're just wondering at this point, what's next for NVIDIA? This is the last quarter of absolutely egregious, horrific, honestly offensive levels of growth. And if not, what's going to drive this continuation going forward? If you don't own NVIDIA, I honestly don't know what you're doing with yourself. That's like watching the Super Bowl without being a Taylor Swift fan. It's like, is that even possible? All right, and then obviously, quote of the day, we had to go with the GOAT himself, the inventor of the GPU, and the early candidate for CEO of the year, back-to-back, because he did win in 2023 as well, but an early candidate for the Platinum Banana of CEO of the year, Mr. Jensen Huang, NVIDIA's CEO himself. He said smart people focus on the right things. Now, that makes a lot of sense. Personally, I can't focus on anything, and so that definitely tracks with me personally here, but that also finishes things up for us here today at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. Actually, not at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. We're at the parent company of the Daily Peel Global Headquarters here today, and that's why we're looking so pink in the face once again. Yes, I am wearing the same shirt that I did yesterday because it's the only one that I have here. Now, dude, love this guy, whoever's saying that. I'm don't I can't read what your name is because my eyesight is terrible, but shout out to you too, bro. Let's go ahead and take a look. We'll finish things up with the, uh, oh wait, we already did the wise investor quote of the day, but still everybody make sure to go ahead and leave us a rating, like, subscribe, tell us what we do good, what we do terrible. You know, we're always looking for all the smoke as long as you say nice things because you will ruin my entire life. If you say anything even remotely negative, I'll cry myself to sleep for the next month because of it. Thank you guys as always for joining us here today ton of fun on the stream as always shout out to you live guys who actually do drop us some comments it's always entertaining when i can read it uh shout out to everybody listening later on the podcast and on youtube love you guys happy trading happy investing we'll see you tomorrow and thanks to you my listeners at wall street oasis if you have any suggestions whatsoever please don't hesitate to send them my way patrick at wallstreetoasis.com until next time